Welcome, everybody, to the Lockdown Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas. Pete, one second. Let me get this thing right. And... <laughs> oh! Did you watch the game? I was about to ask you the same question. <laughs> but we're Which probably game? talking about different <laughs> games. <laughs> Oh man, I gotta say, so I I was I was professional, David. If you're listening, I swear I I tried to listen to uh the or watch the Lakers game as long as I possibly could, but then the UCLA made a push late in uh, regulation, and they were like they were down uh, by I think about they they I think they were down by like seven points or so really late in the game made this wild push force overtime. And when it got to overtime, I was like, I'm sorry. (laughs) 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 I'm I'm watching, I'm watching this when the Lakers were up by like 11 points at that point in the fourth quarter. And you kind of knew where the, where the Lakers game was going in the direction that it was going in. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a play a little hooky here and, and watch the, my UCLA Bruins. How do you feel about people who are fans of colleges that they didn't go to. Oh, I'm fine with it. I, I didn't go to a, a college. So at yeah. least I went to a community college for a couple of years, but that's it. And so I have no like real, and I didn't grow up. It's weird. I didn't grow up rooting for college sports. Like I would mm-hmm. watch college basketball. I remember I would wake up every, this is a totally different media era, but Glenn big dog Robinson out uh-huh. of Purdue would yeah. put up like 30 a night for Purdue and he was this amazing college scorer. He was like the one His that was 90 like was just in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. It's, it's, it's crazy, Wild. man. Getting, getting older. Uh, I think that was 93 or so. That was the one year where I really watched a lot of college basketball, but by and large, I didn't grow up with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not the biggest college sports fan just cause like it's, it's hard for me to overlook the unethical nature of it. Um, but so my grandparents met at UCLA. So literally would not be here if not for that school. And so as a result, I, I root for UCLA. And my dad uh, grew up a UCLA fan, obviously. And I can remember, so my mom went, to, grew up in El Paso and her high school coach was Nolan Richardson. And so he was at Arkansas when uh, UCLA beat Arkansas. Yeah, great and, coach. Yeah, and that was a that was an awkward day in the Irwin household because Dad's rooting for, I, think, <laughs> I believe that was the O'Bannon title the where with the O'Bannon brothers and mm-hmm. and you had uh, and they were going up against like I said Richardson's Arkansas team and <laughs> by the end of it my mom and my dad were in separate rooms I thought yeah. I was gonna be a child of divorce <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah every so often it's nice to to you know dust off the old. Uh, powder blue and 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 rock with the team, especially when they're going up against somebody like Izzo. I'm, you know, I'm not really a fan. Anyway, congratulations on the win, man. Thanks, man. Uh, the Lakers also won. They they took care of business tonight against the Charlotte Hornets, one sixteen to one hundred five. In tonight's show, I want to talk about the defense, why it's so much better than everybody else. Uh, I'm going to extend that conversation, and we're probably going to start here actually. But I want to have a conversation about like this is the best defense in the NBA by a wide margin and it might go completely unrepresented in the all, all defense team, especially first team. I want LeBron to make first team all defense so badly. It has to happen. 
do you know what an accomplishment that is in year 18? Right. Like MVP, all that stuff. Like I think it's the MVP too, but first team all defense. Like, yeah, we better look, man. After, after Palenka got seventh place in executive right. of the year voting last year, uh-huh. who knows? Right. That's another dude, by the way, like, we re-signed both our superstars to long-term deals, mm-hmm. got Schroeder for Danny Green, got Trez for the freaking MLE. Of course, I make a video on Trez making shots, and then he can't make crap tonight. That's <laughs> Of course, that's how it goes. It's like the reverse. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the reverse of what you and I, what I've been doing with him. That's right. But still. <laughs> but still. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we better get some damn representation on that all-defensive team. Yeah, I mean – Look, you and I talk about the end of season awards and how stupid they are as a concept because like the goalposts basically move to like wherever the Lakers can be as as the get the least representation as possible. Uh, that's where the, the goalposts happen to sit year after year. I was listening to Nick Wright and he 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 made a funny point that I think is gonna be absolutely true. But he says like LeBron is gonna be second place all year in MVP. Uh, discussions, right? Everybody's going to say, oh, he's second place here. And then he's going to get repeatedly leapfrogged by people. That's so right. First stretch, They'll take turns. Be, yeah. yeah take it's going to be Jokic for a little while. And then it's going to be Jimmy Butler for a little while. It's going to be Embiid for a while. And, and all the while, like LeBron's yeah. just going to, we're just going to find reasons not to give it to this dude who, you know, is in year 18 playing all def- all NBA first team, all NBA, maybe even defensive player of the year type defense out there. But, but, you know, I, who are we? We're just a couple Lakers homers who apparently don't watch enough uh, anything else and don't pay any attention to stats, which all just scream about how great he's been defensively, offensively, how great the Lakers have been. They're a game and a half back of the record, and people were talking like, oh, that's clearly not good enough to be represented in all these end-of-year awards. It's just, it's just so stupid. It looks funny in the light, as they say. It does. It does. It, it has very, like you know, strippers when the, when the lights turn on, look to it, you know? Oh, that was not the direction I was going in, but you know, yeah. I mean, isn't that, isn't that what we talk about? Like, isn't that, isn't that what the analogy is? That is the dynamic of the show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to take, well, let's take a quick second here. When we come back, I want to talk about like why the defense has been so good because, you know, most people paying attention, if you're listening to the show, you're watching the Lakers probably every night. And uh, they, you know, defense is this very difficult thing to define. It's, it's far and away the thing that I think we know the, the, the least about when it comes to basketball. Um, and, and so I want to spend some time here and try to contextualize what it is the Lakers are doing defensively to make them as effective as they've been this year, because nobody saw this coming. We thought we, we, we thought heading into the year, they were going to be a lot better offensively and maybe take a small step back defensively. Nope. (laughs) Shows what we know. So let's come back and we'll talk about that. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new locked on today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts locked on today in a daily podcast breaking down the biggest news stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On today wherever you get podcasts. Today's show is brought to you in part by betonline.ag. Use that promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% deposit bonus. Today's bet of the day. I'm looking across the, uh, the slate for a Friday night. 
and the Lakers are not in action, obviously. So I'm looking at the very bottom of it. You have the Minnesota Timberwolves taking on the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix. Phoenix is favored by 10.5 over Minnesota, and I think that's high. I think that's a little too high. So I'm going to go ahead and put a couple of doll hairs on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, not to win. I don't think they're going to win the game, but I, I, I do think they can keep it within single digits and, and make it an interesting game. Whether you want to fade me or follow me, you can do so at betonline.ag. They have you covered, obviously, for the NBA, which you know about on a, on a nightly basis. But then also they have you covered. This is one of the biggest betting seasons in of, of the year with March Madness going on. So you, if you have a a bracket buster that you think you can you've you've sought out and you're confident in, I guarantee you you're gonna get good odds on that at BetOnline.ag. So again, head on over to BetOnline.ag. Use that promo code Locked On for a fifty percent deposit bonus. Uh, and and whatever gambling you do do, please do so responsibly. All right, so let's uh, let's let's. We could do this in various categories, right? We can start with conceptually and, and theoretically. How are the Lakers set up? Like, what do you think they're, what are their priorities uh, on, on a night in, night out basis on that side of the ball? Uh, take away the three point line. I think that's probably number one. Um, don't foul, force turnovers. Uh, and in, in doing that, you know, so you're putting ball pressure, you're closing out hard to the three point line and chasing off. Uh, which means that the people behind you have to be able to rotate. Right. And then it's, we do a great job of closing out to the three point line. And when you're sprinting, right, you're running toward the shooter. The shooter is going to get by the closeout if he chooses to, and then somebody has to rotate over. But the key guy there is the guy who just closed out and got beat off of the dribble. Where does he go next? How quickly does he get there? And then there's a communication between him and, and another player, depending on where the closeout comes from, mm-hmm. of, oh, I got this guy, you got that guy type of thing. And the who's got who varies on who's on what part of the court. But this is something that I think Vogel, I you know, I'm not at practice, but the Lakers are so good at this. And part of it's their individual talent. But I think Vogel drills this very well. That's my mm-hmm. suspicion anyway, is how to do this. And so their communication on that is fantastic. And so they can give up a little bit of an advantage and then erase that advantage on the same position, which is really difficult to do on the NBA level. Usually once an offense gets an advantage, they're going to, you know, drive and kick and work the ball around until it finds that open shot. It's going to extend that advantage. The Lakers can turn it in the other direction. So really more than anything, it's Schroeder and LeBron stampeding out to the three-point line and Caruso and even a guy like Keith, especially recently, now that he's picked it up, he's always in the right spot, right? Mm-hmm. Wes has been defending his ass off, even though his shooting, you know, hasn't been there. So you got all these guys who know how to communicate. They've got familiarity with each other, ton of speed, and they're playing hard. Yeah. So that that combines into a pretty potent combination. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up the chemistry and the continuity because like, we tend to think of continuity on – well, just in general, we tend to think of one side of the basketball, right? Like we think, <laughs> we think for offensively sure. for sure. Um, but especially when it comes to continuity, we think of, you know, all right, this is what they did last year. How many guys are they bringing back this year? You know, does this allow them to throw an extra wrinkle a little earlier in the season than most other teams on that side of the ball? 
Whereas defensively, I think continuity is more important. Yeah, it requires more communication. It does. It, it's it's reactionary. It's uh, positional. It's circumstantial. It's you know, it's all of these things that require everybody to be on the same page. And so when you see important elements of the Lakers defense, right? Uh, and and you know the, the I, I can't make this point to its fullest extent because Anthony Davis is hurt, but you think of the most important aspects of the Lakers defense and it's uh, it's on ball, right? It's point of attack and, and Caruso is pretty good there. And, and, and he's very good uh, as, as a, as a team defender too. You think of wing defenders, LeBron is obviously playing maybe the best wing defense in the NBA right now. Uh, Kyle Kuzma has, has seriously improved there. And you're looking at these important aspects of, of the team that are returning from last year. And then, you know, when, when AD is healthy, obviously the anchor of the team being able to come, uh, come back from last year and, and continue to anchor it the way. And, and that's, you know, even while he wasn't as as maybe as impressive as he was a few months ago in the finals, he was still freaking good defensively. And, and so you saw this continuity and you saw, a, a foundation upon which that the Lakers could really uh, build on. And, and what they've done is they've built a very impressive house. They've, they've built a very impressive shelter that, that puts just like just straight up clamps down on teams in, in ways that like I was watching them tonight and, and, you know, Jen was there watching too. And I said, man, it looks like it sucks to have to score against these guys. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> it looks like that just, did you, I, I, you and I, I think, uh, are, we're, we're fairly similar athletes. A, a, at least I know for. <laughs> that's, that's a way of putting it. Yeah. In that we weren't. I, that, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> in that, in You're that not we wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but there was nothing worse to me, like in, in, in like practice where, cause I was the skilled offensive player. Like I was. I was not the defensive player and you would go up against these guys who were coming from football practice, who were better athletes. And, and it just sucked to have to try to score on those guys because, you know, they're playing physically, they're beating you to the spot. They're doing all these things that really frustrate you. And, and I just watched the Lakers and I'm like, I get flashbacks because like <laughs> playing, playing against that looks like it really sucks. You know, what reminds me of that is like when LeBron's really locked in and he's, he does his stampede closeouts, which is, yeah. you know what I call them. And it's, it reminds me of that, like that time you go up against the future D one guy and he's like yeah. closing out on you. And it's like, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm just going to swing the ball. Like, yeah, <laughs> I know how this goes. I could try to take a dribble, but no, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you like, that's one of those Rozier got, got one of those tonight um, where, so LeBron blocks, was it Rozier? I, I uh -huh. think blocked Bl him, at the rim. him at the rim. Yeah. And, and then chased the ball, him to the corner. Yeah. yeah. The ball swings around to Rozier and, and, and LeBron chases him down in the corner. And it was one of those, like, maybe I'll pump. They can fly by. Fuck. He didn't fly by. <laughs> so, so we've talked about theoretically, we've talked about something that helps in practice, but, but like you're closer to the team, obviously than I am just, just like, what is it about this culture that you have seen your access to the culture as an organization of like, continuing to push yourself even though you're coming off of a championship year you uh know that you you know the focus should just be getting ready for the playoffs this next year like what is it about this culture that that gets that 
allows them or makes them in some ways get up for every game because a random Thursday against the Charlotte Hornets is the kind of game that you would just say, ah, oh, fuck it. You know, whatever we aren't going to, we aren't going to really try this one or, you know, maybe we'll give up 115 instead of 105 here. Um, and, and yet that's not what we saw. Yeah. I think it's a mix of a few things. If I had to just pick one primary factor, it's LeBron. LeBron's the culture setter on this team. I've been, you know, I, I got the, the melt footage that I go through and they ask one of, one of my responsibilities is to, you ever see like the, Hey, it's game day tweets from the mm-hmm. official account. If I ever come across like a, an isolation shot of somebody, I will clip it and upload mm-hmm. it to this folder. And then we, you know, they pick from the clips on that. And so I, I was so struck. We had that four game losing streak before the all-star break. Mm-hmm. And that's the one where LeBron it's, it's in warmups. LeBron shoots it and he goes back and he, and he like leans back and he like howls and KCP howls. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and then he uh, LeBron grabs the ball and flips it up in the air and like smile and shooters smiling. And it's, and I'm sitting there watching this. I'm like, this was the grumpiest that Laker fans were or have been this season, right? Of four game losing streak. And this is before the game. They broke the losing streak that day. But yeah. just the whole mood of the team is very mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're not getting caught up in like it's not that they don't care, of course. Yeah, water off a duck's feathers kind of a thing. Yeah, it's it's too long of a season, especially back to back the way these seasons have gone. It's too long to get mired down like if you're in a bad mood if you if you guys don't get along that that really impacts communication which impacts defense and then mm-hmm. impacts all of that and then and lebron is really the culture setter of the team that's also why i think when lebron sometimes decides like i'm kind of powering down right now in this game yeah. the whole team follows that's suit, right, right? Yeah. yeah right and and that's okay and then on top of that i think we got a lot of internally motivated guys like dennis Schroeder doesn't need lebron to tell him mm-hmm. to play hard every game alex caruso right uh even anthony davis right Caruso's anthony davis a really takes, good example of this too i mean got paid and and significantly improved great point great point that internal motivation is is really important even anthony davis when he's out is on the sideline had the ipad in his hand he's cheering mm-hmm. on his teammates all the, the whole time it's just yeah it's a, it's a really great culture of collaboration that's the biggest thing about the lakers in general i think we're a very very collaborative organization from from top to bottom yep all right so there's you guys' look inside uh what, what the, the lakers and and i hope that that kind of helped explain why the lakers are that good on that side of the ball and even there like we scraped the surface we we, we 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 could spend an entire week on the lakers defense oh yeah we could do a show on their ball pressure just like right. on, on its own yeah Right. Uh, so, so maybe at some point we'll get to, we'll, we'll keep on diving deeper on that one. Uh, let's take a quick second here. When we come back, we'll wrap up this one, uh, look ahead to the weekend uh, that will be and, uh, and send you guys off with a, with a little bit of fun. When you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important that you have a reliable source. More people trust Josh Lloyd, host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, than any other fantasy basketball podcast. Subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball podcast, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get podcasts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all its bars. Now, 
It's we're, we're in March Madness. It's that time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is a good one, another good one. The later we go into this bracket, the, the, the tougher the matchups get. Today's between salted caramel and cookie dough chunk. And I, you know, salted salted caramel is maybe my second or third favorite one there. So I'm going to go with salted caramel on this one. If you throw that in the refrigerator, it is delightful. It doesn't even feel like you're eating something as healthy as these protein bars are. So head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 off of, for, to get 15% off your next order only at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who winds up on top. Maybe it was last show, a couple shows ago that you and I did, where I, I said I wanted to do the uh, the funniest thing from the game, right? So I have another one from you for for you. Tell okay. me you haven't noticed this. So Wesley Matthews makes three pointers and he does this archery thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched his actual form for archery? I suppose I haven't. Is it bad? Well, like a really important. I'm not even a good archer, by the way. Like I'm not. That's not. I'm not even sure archer is a word. I was gonna say, like, have you? What you, you know? It's something you've done. You know what's funny is actually Jen's pretty good at it. Like Jen, Jen had like a bow growing up, and she used to go and 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 shoot arrows. This is some like Orange County. I grew up with the backyard shit. No, she went into like Chino. There was like a <laughs> right by Prado. Anybody who's ever driven to Prado Golf Course knows that there's like a little shooting range off to the side there. So actually, huh. sometimes, yeah, sometimes you'll be. You'll be like lining up your shot and you'll hear somebody go, you know, and it kind of, it kind of shakes you out of your shot. It shakes you out of your rhythm a little bit. Um, But anyway, so, so one thing that, that I noticed uh, Wesley Matthew does, and then Anthony Davis was doing it to Wesley Matthews from the bench today is they, and this is, it's a, it's tough to show this in a, in a, in a audio audio medium, but I'm going to try anyway. So let's say you're gripping the bow. These guys are all right-handed. They're gripping the bow itself with their left hand, right? And they're pulling it back with their right or vice versa, however you want to do it, right? So your, your, your bow hand is gripping it. Let's say if you, if you, so for me, I'm left-handed. So my bow hand would be my right and I'm pulling the arrow back with my left, right? And, and when you release, you release this hand right? You release the arrow hand, but they're releasing their front hand, <laughs> which, <laughs> which means the, the, the bow is just falling to the ground and who knows where this arrow is going at this point. So I, again, it's a stupid thing that I've noticed over the course of the year, but whoever is doing these, 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 these bow impersonations or whatever, release the one hand. You're good. It, it's the same idea. You get, to I have to look for this now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, can can you do like a, a one play or one a one shot video on a one play one story on that? <laughs> on West Matthews, despite having the celebration for at least a decade, is actually doing it wrong. He's been doing it wrong this whole time. <laughs> These are the dumb things that I noticed. All right, um, so the Lakers are coming out of uh, All Star break, and one of the questions heading into it was, "Hey, how much of?" their struggles heading into the all-star break was fatigue. How much of it was 
having people banged up, all of those, all those things. And, and I, we both agreed that it was a lot of it, right? It was the, the vast majority of their issues had to do with the circumstances that they were playing those games under. Now that we've seen them come out on the other side of the break, still banged up, by the way, like Davis isn't, has, hasn't been available. This is Caruso's first game back. We haven't seen Marcus Gasol uh, still banged up, but you see the difference in their legs. Like you just see it on their shooting. You see it in, on their defensive rotations. You see it in their fast breaks. Like I think their, their, their transition game has looked a lot cleaner. Um, and so with this, with that as kind of foundational information, how important is it to you that they even make a move heading into the trade deadline? Well, I think we're deep into luxury territory, mm-hmm. right? Um, I not 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 luxury tax territory, but like like anything that they no, get is a luxury. Yes, thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, yeah. we're yes, exactly. Where even I. I mean, we'll see. Palink has always been active at the trade deadline, so we'll see if that if that mm-hmm. continues. But if us being hard capped makes it a little trickier, right? We can't take back more salary, or else you know we can't go over that that hard cap. Um, but even with the buyout market, you know, I, there's I've got some guys that I I am hoping for, but mm-hmm. it's not uh, it's not something that. I think that is an absolute necessity for us to win a title. And I thought, for example, like Keith really helped last year. He was a guy that helped push us over the top. I, I still think we could have won the title without him, but mm-hmm. I don't think that anybody we pick up is, although Brooklyn, Brooklyn's the team that I've really got circled, right? In terms yeah. of like, what yeah, they're, would they're they're winning consistently even without Kevin Durant. <laughs> well, and, right. And they got three superstars. It's not, yeah. Sometimes basketball is terribly complicated and mm-hmm. all of our great closeouts and great defense, if you know, that can all be fine and well. And then Kevin Durant knocks down a three in your eye when you played all that great defense. Right. And, right. You know, it doesn't matter. So it, for me, Brooklyn is the team where I'm like, okay, what are the types of guys that could give Brooklyn problems? I need to watch more Brooklyn. This is not the week for it. We got five Laker games this week and I've been working yeah. several of them in, in different capacities. So, uh, but I, I want to watch more Brooklyn to see the types of guys that they, that they struggle with, but yeah, they're the team that we should have in mind more than anybody else in my opinion. Yeah. When I, when I look at it, so I was heavy on the, on, on, on the team, on team get a wing. And if there's a wing available who, who, you know, the Lakers could sign, who could knock down the occasional three pointer and be for sure, just, just be bigger than Wesley Matthews. Like that would be, that would be ideal. Um, and so I, I still think they could use that, but I agree with you. It would be a luxury. Uh, I think more important than anybody that they picked up, the guys that they currently have on their roster, if they just play up to their levels, the, the Lakers don't really need anything. Yeah. You know, and, and by the way, the guys who we just need to have play up to their levels are better than anybody that they would pick up right now. You know, mm-hmm. if it's, if it's like KCP who had a down stretch before the all-star break, if it's Kuzma, like I think Kuzma is better than anybody that, the Lakers are going to pick up on the uh, on, on uh, in the buyout market. I think Keith is probably better than anybody that they're going to pick up at the uh, in, in the buyout market. And also, by the way, I'm not sure what the buyout market is even going to look like because we've already seen two trades, right? And and it's a seller's market, yeah. so so That's I right. think I think it's it's more likely than not if you want one of these guys, it's going to take a trade. And I don't think the Lakers are so desperate that they have to make a trade. Um, 
so I, I think all of that comes together and, and as, as exciting as it is to kind of think, you know, the transaction has replaced the action itself in some cases about what people are more interested in. Uh, I think in this case, focus on the action, you know, focus on, focus on the team that we're watching because one, it's a really effing good team. And two, because it's more than likely the team in the rotation that, that we're going to see win a title this year. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. All right. That's going to do it for this episode and this week's episode of the Lockdown Lakers podcast. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Uh, we will be, I, I'm going to be hopping, I think, on, on, on the Locker Room app tomorrow afternoon when you guys are at lunch and it's Friday and you're trying to find reasons not to pay attention at work. I'm going to be hopping on there at some point in the afternoon to uh, answer your questions and, and, and have a little discourse there. So make sure you uh, download that app wherever you get your apps. It's Locker Room, two words. Um, and then and then it's really easy to find me. I'm at Anthony Irwin LA on there, just like on Twitter. Uh, so until then, and then until you guys get your questions in for over the weekend for the mailbag as well, have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. We'll talk to you on Monday. And also, just like, it's just virtual. Just watch like one YouTube <laughs>